Hello? Hey man, you up? No. Give me a minute, man. I need to talk to you. I think your house is haunted. Hey, come on, man. I'm at work. I can't work in here, man. I'm scared. There's nothing to be scared of. It's a new studio. There's lots of creaks and moans and groans in it. Hold on. You got your phone ready? Oh, yeah. Talking to you on it right now. <laughs> Open up this link I'm sending to you. Alright. Opening the link. <laughs> Look at them buns. That is a set of buns. And down. And down. And what you doing exercising in the crowded plaza? Oh yeah, that's a real good point. Hey, I don't, I don't know why I'm talking to you. Do you remember that I'm working? Hey man, you know what I was thinking? You're lucky. I'm lucky. How so? Check it out. I'm sitting here in this freaking haunted studio, can't do research, and you're hanging out at work. That's awesome. That's like the opposite of awesome. It's like a hotel room with somebody else's junk in it. Okay, well yeah, that's someone else's junk. That's my stuff. I'm just having a hard time, man. I'm just calling up for some support. Do you know how crazy that sounds? Hey, one more thing. Yeah? When you have the record player and you're watching movies on the laptop at the same time, how do you control the volume on the laptop? Why do you want to listen to the record player while watching movies on the laptop? Because I like to party. You know what, man? Why am I still talking to you? Come on, man. We're doing good right there. I'm taking good care of your studio. I keep snapping back into it. It's like a trick you're pulling on me. <laughs> All right. I'll call you later. All right, man. Talk to you later. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 13. How do we get here? Podcast. Lucky number 13. Yes. A quick, real quick, happy birthday to the shark. Yep. Mr. Shark, shark Buns. Yep. Yes. Gosh, half a decade, man. Yeah. It goes by fast. Big five. <laughs> we, get to, we both have five-year-olds. Yep, we both have five-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's why I was looking forward to his shark birthday. That is uh, actually the day we're recording it, which was yesterday from when you're listening to it, yep, it uh, but we are it having a shark party. the day of his birthday. Yeah. And the next, <laughs> and the day that you're listening to it, we're at, we're actually partying as you're listening to it. Mm-hmm. So Shark party. Yep. Shark party. Party of sharks. Shark yep. frenzy. Yep. yep. <laughs> well, Jim's ready, shark. Uh, awesome, Bill. Do we love you so much, buddy? Yes. I love uh, you very, very much. <laughs> uh, this episode will be on household appliances. So yep. we've done kind of the, the home series, right? We did the three episodes on homes, one of which being uh, haunted houses. We're doing, focusing mostly on kitchen appliances. For this episode, uh, I'm not even sure if we decided on an episode for the next one. No. We'll get around to it. We had a really no. busy week. We're I trying have to ideas, though. Yeah. yeah. We're like trying to squeeze this episode in because we don't want to miss a beat. But yes. we are going to make it. Yeah. We're going to do what we do. Yeah. We're do what yeah. we do. We, 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 <laughs> we want to stay consistent no matter yes. what. And uh, and that's that's on us to stay consistent. And so, we, and honestly, having the two of us, I think if I was doing this podcast by myself, I wouldn't have released an episode this week. Yeah. Uh, probably same goes for me. Yeah, <laughs> and we're we're week. bugging each other. Him like earlier in the week, me like the last couple of days. Yeah, and it you know like that accountability. You know. Yep. Um, I, I will say we've had a tough week, but there are other people that have had also a very very tough week. We we noticed what's going around the world, right? We went through the pandemic. Still, we're still going through it. And then now you have the outages, power outages, and water shortages. Yeah. Uh, so our our um, 
Yeah, I mean, we just want to send positive vibes yeah. towards we, that. We have that family area. that's stuck that yeah. was in that situation. You know, they're starting to come out of it. Mm-hmm. It is just starting to come out of it. Yeah, so everyone can band together. We we try to do as much as we can as far as help. We, there's we're limited in what we can do for people there. But if you're around somebody and you 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 can help, uh, we always encourage people just to just to help those people yeah, out. Those people out. going through it right now. Yeah, you get it. This um, this is where. Uh, especially neighbors and and you know friends that are near uh, need to band together and take care of each other. Fuck you, sorry. Logan. Sorry, Logan just fell again. Yeah, he's piece of um, shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and it's it, like Brandon says, and it goes back to just call call your friends and your family. Just give them a call. Make sure everyone's doing all right. Yeah. And you don't it doesn't have to have to be because of disaster. We talk about mental health quite a bit on this show. Um, so so just. Take care of your people. Check on them. Yep. Uh, but let's jump into this episode. Before we do, Brandon, make sure to like and subscribe, right? Yep. Like and subscribe. Leave comments, written reviews. Um, go ahead and follow us on our social medias, which is How Did We Pod on Instagram. You can follow me at BrandonBro underscore 94. Or go to my Twitter, BrandonBro94. You can go to Justin's Instagram. Yeah, which is at Justin Reyes. You can also go to my Twitter, JustinReyes13. If you want to go to JustinReyes.com as well, you can find the YouTube side of this on there as far as my other podcast as well. And then... Um, you can email us, both of us, for this show in particular at hdwghpod1 at gmail.com. Yep. And, uh, uh, yeah, that that should be doing. Let's go ahead uh, to ads and then uh, start the show, huh? Yep. Justin, I want to talk to you about a god. A god oh of waterproof blankets. What? Oceous. Waterproof blankets? Yes. The Lord of the Waterproofed Blankets. Okay. Gods are that God's mythical. Okay. <laughs> but Oceus is very, very real. That's super cool. Waterproof blanket. It seems like it's perfect for the fall and the winter. Oh yeah. You know it what? is yeah. beautifully perfect. You got a pocket sized blanket that your little ones can use. What? Pocket sized Justin. Pocket sized blanket? Pocket sized. Even uh, the big one weighs as much as a soup can. Not even that much. I, like a little tiny can. I don't believe you. It's true. It's, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Okay. Hundred percent. And you know what? I'm gonna take it a step further. What? Sherpa. Sherpa. Waterproof Sherpa. Get out of town. Dead serious. Get out of town. I don't want to. No, seriously. Get out of this town. No, I don't want. I was. I was in Safford yesterday. I'm good. I got everything I need. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oceus is so awesome. Such a grateful uh, sponsorship as well. Uh, yeah, it's waterproof. You can get it anywhere. You can go on Amazon. You can go to Walmart.com. You can go to OceusOutdoors.com. You can go to Oceus Outdoors on Facebook and Instagram. And that is spelled O-C-E-A-S. Yes. Thank you, Oceus. Waterproof blankets. Perfect gift for Christmas. Yep. Perfect to stay warm and dry. And there's four colors for your big blanket and four colors for your little blanket. Yep. High five, Oceus. Brandon, what are we doing? Uh, we're going to talk about kitchen appliances. I think we're going to start with the ovens and uh, like the microwave and the toaster. And then we'll we'll do the FTSOB, which I hate. I'm not ready for. <laughs> and then we will head into the refridge and then we'll we'll call this bad boy a day. Yep. We're going to refridge right. it and then Raider. Yeah. I figure we can cook it all up and then what we don't eat, we can save for later. Yeah. You're like, this will be fridge. toast. He did the toaster. He did I got the toaster. Some, I got some pretty, pretty stuff. I'm, a couple of things I'm excited about for the toaster. 
I'm sure you guys won't care much for it, but I'm excited about it. Yeah. So I, I don't know how much he has on the toaster. I haven't really read through it yet. Um, I don't have uh, like there's not a ton of information on ovens, but we we you know, we'll, I'll, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you some meats, and then I'm gonna do a brief overview of the microwave. I'm not gonna keep you here forever, and then uh, you're shaking the table. Sorry. And then we will, and then I'll see what Justin has, and then we will go to FTS. Will be like I said. Sweet. So let's go ahead and start with the uh, conventional oven, as he says in uh, Cat in the Hat. <laughs> and uh, yeah, let's go ahead and start with that. So it, I don't remember if you remember, but in episode two, uh, the first episode, part one of the house, uh, I actually talk about the mud brick oven because they used it for baking uh, bricks, right? Yep. But they also use it for baking breads. And, and they would do similar, um, let's say, ovens made from stone and regular bricks. And they would be able to uh, uh, make stuff out of it. So that's that what they did in the ancient times and for a while yet after. Yeah. And, and I will say, I know that the oven is part of what leads to the toaster. And obviously the toaster oven. Yeah, they all, they all go together. So. Yeah. Um, the same with the microwave. That's why I did the brief over the microwave. I just didn't yeah. where it really came from because it doesn't really change a whole lot. Yeah. After it gets invented, it just the look of it, and it's the same thing with the the stove. Once it gets to the modern gas and electric, um, it just stays the same for the most part. It just yeah. looks different. You're gonna, you're gonna see. I think with most of these, I know for sure with the toaster and the toaster oven. Like I said, I know for sure with those. When it gets to the 90s and 2000s, it's mostly like the plastics makes them do like cooler designs ish, add more colors to how, with how they look. Mm -hmm. uh, they can fit in different places, and then it's just like more efficiency as far as like. Yeah, you press a button instead of dials. Yeah, it yeah. takes a little bit longer. Use a little bit less energy, and that's kind of just what what they've been moving towards yeah. with all this stuff yeah. uh, it, lately and same with the fridge like there, there's some there's some ideas out there but nothing concrete about how changing making the fridge even more efficient you know yeah it's but, just like cool little like yeah yeah well anyway <laughs> so yeah um uh, it just and if you guys don't want to go back i'll do and you want to get the good listen to how the brick that that brick oven's built i'm going to give you a quick one real quick um so it, it's it's deep to the back you know it has wide opening deep to the back um, so the fire can be lit and maintained in the back of the, the oven, right? And it has like a little chimney out the top. Um, and then there is a, more space in the front, and that's where you're going to set your food, right? And that and it's almost always bread at that time. It wouldn't really be anything else till till fire later. I mean, of course, they cooked other things, but for the vast majority, it was bread. Um, and so no major changes really happen until uh, the colonists, the women in, in colonial America... They came up with a hexagonal-shaped brick oven, right? Um, they probably had their men build it, right? Because men are awesome. No? No? Okay. I know what you're uh, but I'm curious. It's hexagonal-shaped, so... It's like a, like a beehive. That was the description yeah, so I was did Wanda create that? I haven't seen WandaVision yet. What? This is allowed for the pretty darn... <laughs> it, it left for really, really close, accurate temp control, which they didn't really have before. And, and so adding the right amount of wood, being able to monitor how much wood your, your, well, fuel you're giving your, your, your oven, right? To the fire. And then the ability to open and close a door, um, allowed right for the right amount of cooling, uh, at the same time to moderate your temperature. And they would actually just put their hands in there and fill yeah. for the heat. And that's how they would, uh, check their temps. And see, so in both of us like to cook and, and we know like a huge part of cooking is temp regulation. Like if you can't regulate your temps. Uh, to where you need them to be, when you need them to be, 
then you just you miss out on a lot of the the flavor and and, and how it's cooked and and so you'll see a lot of this is just to, to make it where it cooks more evenly also to cook where you like it to and also as a way of preserving food as well as yeah. what they were kind of invented for yeah um, but yeah temp regulation uh, yeah it's big yeah. yeah yeah you need to be able to, to be able to check your temps oh yeah um so 1642 uh, 1642 <laughs> I was like where was I yeah. the cast iron stove was first manufactured in Lynn Massachusetts 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 I always struggle with that word uh, <laughs> the name whatever you want to say um, so the early version had no grates on it and it was little more than a cast iron box right they just created this cast iron box with the with the door and that was it mm. right uh, in, in so in 1795 uh, Count Rumford, okay. he also uh, established the soup kitchen, right? So mm-hmm. good on him for that. Created a new version. It's, it had a. Um, I know what a soup kitchen is. It's whenever like a bunch of homeless people get inside a Prius, have a little orgy in there. Yeah, because the uh, Prius is around seventeen ninety five. Called a soup kitchen. Yeah, the seventeen hundreds, seventeen hundreds, and left you a note. It says thanks for the F shack. Dirty bike, dirty bike at the boys. <laughs> All the dead mouse in the back with the used condom, gruesome yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it was wild. Um, uh, can't get enough of that welfare on. <laughs> so, anyways, so this this new new uh, cast iron stove, it had a single fire source, yet the temp was regulated individually for each pot at the same time, right? So each burner or each 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 uh, cubby that you'd put the pot in. It would be able you'd be able to temp regulate each of them by opening and closing uh, the doors and or like these flaps and and plus the feeding of the nice. So you're spending all day in front of this thing if you're, you're cooking. Well, like you're not you're not leaving. Yeah, <clears throat> you can't turn around and watch YouTube real quick or. Um, they had it. Anyways, <laughs> although much like uh, Justin's ego, most modern homes didn't have enough room for it uh, for its size. It's true. way too big. True that. Yeah, which is probably be better if his penis was big but you know i guess he got a big ego instead um the next step in ovens would be moving from wood to gas or fuel source as a fuel source um a moravian named zacchus winsler in 1802 figured out how to to connect natural grass get grass natural grass to a stove <laughs> and have it regulated right so with, with valve it up brother yeah so he, he, cre- <laughs> he figured out valving yeah. Um, so that way that you can regulate the flow of gas, right? Mm-hmm. However, it would be another three decades before a design that would be commercially sold would be made. So they wouldn't be able to really, yeah, he created it, but it wasn't really used yet because it wasn't viable. Um, so in three decades, it would become viable. And then, in, and, and so that was by an Englishman by the name of James Sharp. So he'd be the inventor of the, or well, I guess the designer of this new design. Yeah. You know what's cool? So, I don't know but for you, but so far in your notes and then in mine is, yes, you go to ancient times where it's all over the world, but when it starts to get more modern, like late 1800s, 1900s, it becomes predominantly American, a lot of these inventions. Well, it's Not it just because of where we live, yeah. but also they were forefront. But I did see some people from other countries step in a little bit more yeah. in this episode. Like, you have an Englishman here, a guy from Morovia, yeah. uh, there's a guy from Scotland in mine. Yeah. There's, uh, so, it is cool. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. chocolates, you had a little yeah, we, bit. We take this up a Canadian, is that, is that foreign? Canada, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Build that um, wall to Canada. About to get there right Build now. That wall By the end of the 1800s, the <laughs> electric, <laughs> the electric stove would be released. Uh, one of the first models manufactured by Thomas Ahern, 
he owned the, an electric company in Canada. Yeah, we don't need that. Yeah, I don't like electric stoves. I prefer oh, gas. Yeah, from Canada? Oh, good. Especially Canadian. No, it, the electric stoves nowadays have gotten yeah. a lot better. So it, we, we want to hopefully switch over to a, a better electric stove. Yeah. Because they are better. And it, it, it will... They're just... They're quite more costly, too. They can be. But some of the new ones, they, they're doing... They, they get better. Like, like we talked about, I mean, they're... Um, mostly today it's not necessarily that they're like reinventing the wheel they're just trying to like make it more efficient yep so that's more yeah. less energy use less energy yeah so it kind of this this these stoves at the time both gas and electric it kind of looked like a vault right and there's only one real difference but um it would be and i'll get to that in a second but it had two racks right at two levels like you would see nowadays nowadays and it had a heat, heating coil at the bottom right instead of a the, a, a burner at the bottom, it was a heating coil. Yeah, the latest version, shy of modern tech. Uh, so this is this is the most com- this is the most normal, close to normal, right? Mm-hmm. So now it's just the looks have changed. Uh, the metals that they use to construct yeah. it, it's gotten slightly more complicated the build, but not too much more, and not too much more at all. Shy of the modern tech, such as clock and timer, and and being able to digitally set your heat. Right, yeah. so you can press and buttons. Press bake at three sixty five. Whether it's gas or electric, it's going to set it to three sixty five. Yeah. Um, and uh, so it, it would be, and this would all come in the 1930s, right? The That look that we see nowadays, um, the basis for it would be in the 1930s when it hit and it would stop looking less like a vault, more like how we would see an oven today. But I mean, as far as function, it's almost the same thing. Yeah. So, and then, like we talked about, it, it was just, it's more now for trying to fit more into less. And also, again, uh, efficiency. Also, they want to make it look like, so it's more aesthetically pleasing for your kitchen. More aesthetically pleasing for my kitchen. Mm. Yeah, there's also the the air fryer uh, ovens now. Ah, yeah, I, I didn't even think about touching those because they're so new. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah. there's still a lot of uh, of like mixers and and uh, air fryers are they're more like they're... crock pots and insta pots. And yeah, all that. so I mean, we could probably do a whole other episode on those. I mean, we probably will, like the in a while. Yeah. We're not gonna yeah. hit you guys up okay. with it. Yeah, yeah, I know, and I know from what I understand of air fryers, it's it's you I mean you're just taking some older tech and you're just kind of move it all into one they use so we can even do regular fryers and move on yeah i mean there we could do a whole episode on other stuff too so we i just touched on the major ones and maybe we'll do the minor ones that i mean we for sure will but it'll probably be later i say we roll two toasters after this because it's more of an oven i was gonna do the microwave just because it's quick well let's say with the toasters because then they're real similar to ovens so okay all right just yeah. dive into it right, real quick. Go for it. I was thinking because they're similar. Yeah, no, I get it. Because you need to know the history of the ovens, the no, history of toasters. You don't have to work <laughs> on it anymore. I get it. <laughs> so in ancient times, we talked about, uh, Brandon talked about, it, bread would be held over a fire to preserve it mostly. That's what it was used for. And to keep it from growing mold. Uh, some toast would be put on a stone next to the fire as a stone would heat up. Uh, later, a wire frame was used to cook it evenly, or sometimes they put yeah, like a stick through the bread. You just remember, you're not you're not thinking of bread like we had today. It's just like a loaf, and then they would just like peel off pieces, or they would like you know what I mean. That's mostly what it was. Yeah, it is it, not like yeah, it sliced is, bread wasn't invented like we'll get for, into the sliced bread. Yeah, okay, we'll get into sliced bread. Yeah, 1893, uh, North's ventilated sad iron heater. That's what it's called, sad irons. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it's called sad irons. I tried to look it up, couldn't find it. They're invented by Myers, Osborne & Co. of Cleveland, Ohio. A sad irons could be used to boil water, heat a sad iron, or a carriage heater provided for light. Uh, so they were like all-encompassing um, uh, iron type slash oven type thing that could be moved. Uh, again, the reliable toaster and broiler, also not a lot of information on that, but they were used at the same time. Uh, they're weird looking. It's like just like a roundedness with like a little coil in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Alan McMaster of Scotland Eclipse Toaster, manufactured and and marketed by the so the Eclipse Toaster was manufactured and marketed by the Crompton Company. Coming straight out of Crompton, crazy mother toasted by Mac Master. New inventions with, come with an attitude. World coils, so these fools think they have the authority to sell me with a warranty. Well, <laughs> that just happened. That just happened. I kind of read it and I was like, wait, what's, what's happening right here? <laughs> help myself uh, the Crompton Company obviously not Crompton Company again Alec McMaster created the elliptic toaster Crompton Company uh, distributed it uh, <laughs> <of> Crompton <laughs> couldn't help myself fuck the police coming straight from the underground <laughs> <laughs> it only toasted one side of the bread however and you would have to manually flip the toast so really only good for use of coils right and then that little ditty that came with when they released it right they put out that that song for their commercials. Nope. Didn't that was NWA. Necessarily not did not make company. it up by myself right now. Um, <laughs> uh, Fred Shaler of General Electric would expand upon this idea in 1909 with the invention of the D12 model. Uh, these toasters don't even know the name yeah. of Shaler. <laughs> but they're all on it because they love the toaster. And then I couldn't think of... I, I, I tried. Once it pops, you know that it's... It'll so... Yep. Yep, that's bad. I tried. That was real bad. <laughs> that was very bad. Wow. My bad. My bad. Anyways, uh, <laughs> this toaster also only toasted one side of the bread and used so much energy that it can only be used during the or during nighttime when it wasn't daytime. Uh, so I don't know how it was different or better than what McMaster did a few years before that. But McMaster. Yeah. I mean, okay. <laughs> 1910, William S. Hadaday, a scientist for Westington Electric Company, would invent the toaster oven. And that's kind of all the information there is on there. Because I like even looked it up. And like some websites were like, yeah, how did they invest the toaster oven? And now you can find them everywhere. <laughs> End of article. <laughs> nice. Two, two years later, Otto Frederick Rodwetter came up with the best invention ever. The bread slicer. It took him a few years, right? It took him uh, 16 years. By 1928, right from 1912 to 1928, he would design a machine that would slice and wrap the bread to prevent it from going stale. The invention of Wonder Bread 1930 would further popularize sliced bread and the toaster pushing those to the forefront. Uh, But Otto Frederick Rawwetter, 1912, created sliced bread. More like bedwetter. (laughs) Charles (laughs) Streit. That's a cool name, though. Otto Frederick Rodwetter. Charles Streit would step in in 1919 with the pop-up toaster. Uh, There was an incorporated timer that shut off the heating element and released a pop-up spring when the slice of uh, toast was done. And this is the most modern. Mm -hmm. This would be the the precursor to the modern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, this one, actually, this next one. So 1926, right? So he invents in 1912, and then he gets together with Water Genter, which is a a supply company, um, a distributor. In no, 1926, so seven years later. Water's Genter. Water's Genter. I think, yeah, whatever. Water's Genter in 1926. So, so seven years later, he finally goes with them. And then they, they create a, a redesigned version of Trite's Toaster called the Toastmaster. Uh, by the end of 26, 1926, Trite's Toastmaster were available to the public. And it was a huge success. And it looks really similar to, I mean, not necessarily what it is, but it looks it's like a rudimentary toaster. version you can, of. You can actually look at it and be like, yeah, it's a toaster. As opposed yeah. to the older ones where you're like, yeah. it's a, just what the fuck a, is that? Yeah. <laughs> That shit. Yeah. Uh, in 1980s, 
the development of heat resistant plastics we've talked about allowed toaster creation to be toaster creators to have more options in his design this is when like rounded edges and different colors started to come into play you also started to see wider slots for like bagels and different stuff also six bread slots became available at this time um, during, during the 80s months. yeah microchips and various updates have been added to the toaster by the turn of the century to create perfectly toasted toast Perfectly toasted toast. Give us some toasted toast. Toasted toast. What does they say? <laughs> Freaking Turk. Yeah. I want some French toasted toast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, recently, the only drive in toasters uh, is to make them look and fit better in the kitchen, as we've talked about uh, as before, as well as easier to use and clean. Oh, so you mean you? They have they, the dispenser on the bottom, right? You can clean a little easier. Uh, they're also trying to make these less and less energy efficient. If you go to webstrotstore.com, it has a Turbo Chef soda high-speed accelerated cooking countertop oven. Which is kind of like a toaster oven, but it's huge and it creates paninis. Super jazzed up about it. Although I'm not spending 10k. Yeah, for like ten thousand and eighty six dollars. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. And, and then I showed him the John Panette beat bit where he's like, he's like, you want to make a panini? It's like what you do is you put it, get a get a pan, heat it up, put the bread on it, put the stuffing in the bread, wait five minutes, flip it over, wait five minutes, and then punch it with your fist. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah. You were shaking the table a lot. Sorry. <laughs> I was laughing. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's go ahead and move into the microwave, and then we will head into the FTSOB. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I've been doing that all week at work, nice. dude. All week. A little bit of a boom, too. I'm a little impressed. Thank you. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little practice. Like, again, I've been doing it all week. <laughs> so, I had it more with the hell yeah. But I go a little lower. Yeah. No, you got got to go deeper. Hell yeah. Well, there's, there's two ways I'm going. Hell yeah. I'm just trying to sound like uh, Michael Jai White. Michael Jai White. He's bad. He's badass. I fucking love the guy. He's badass. Yeah. yeah. Even when he's a bad guy, good guy, don't matter. Mm-hmm. I love him. Yeah, he's, no, he's I, I would love to see him in more shit, actually. He hasn't done anything in, in, I feel like, in a while. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I he's too, to, he's I would, too talented not to do shit. I would love them to redo Spawn and have him back. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that Maybe at all. Maybe he, he might not be able to play Spawn. Maybe. I mean, he still well, looks freaking... They can, for how old he is? Yeah. He's well, still... you know, but they could, they, they don't have to do uh, a, a resurgence. They could just pick up where they left off. They could do that. Because I, I love John Ligazamo as freaking... Uh, what's yeah. his face? Um, yeah, I can remember the bad guy's name. Yeah, that, that freaking uh, clown. What's his name? Yeah. Um, But he, he did a great job. And, and like even like a lot of the Spawn bands, like the ones that uh, read the comic books and not all of them are they love it but most do if we, we we're gonna do like comic movies uh comic books and all the things you see today like all the batman stuff like that the dark side of those things do not come around if it was not for spawn yeah. if it was not for the crow dark you also horse, have like yeah. the, the, the the batmans obviously that came out at the time were really successful but you needed something else beyond that that really lets you dive into more of the comic books like the more the more grimy stuff yeah as opposed yeah. to just like the Superman, like the and, the and, and like that yeah, yeah. Uh, like, but but spawn and the crow really helped open the doors for that yeah. because they were so successful yeah and those were non mainstream mm-hmm. uh uh comic book uh suppliers right the yeah. companies so that and that's that was like the big difference and i see it a lot now because you mean you even have like the umbrella academy yeah right it means the umbrella academy come yeah. around deadpool come on deadpool yeah i mean yeah just my the, boy yeah the the, the anti-heroes right you, there's so there's yep. so many we can go on and on about it we were really yep. big fans of all this stuff yep. obviously <laughs> yep, yep. all right so yeah let's knock out this Let's knock out this. Sorry, my power cord. I hit it, and then I hit hit his case. Anyways, doesn't matter. Yeah. All right, so uh, the Raytheon Corpse Corporation, 
so there's an engineer from the Raytheon Corporation named Percy LeBaron Spencer. Strong name. Yeah. Real strong name. Who was doing research on microwave produ- uh, producing Megatrons. Right? Magnetrons or Megatrons? Magnetrons. <laughs> so I was going to do an Autobot joke. Am I, so I wrote this. I already did this. <laughs> and and uh, and my computer erased it. So I had to redo it. And I forgot about my joke. Because I was freaking tired this morning. Mm. Um, <laughs> pissed. Mm. No, I'm pissed. Wasted joke right there. No, that's a little disappointing. But go ahead. Yeah, it was. It was, it was good. <laughs> it was really good. Anyways, we discovered that the, the, the candy bar in his pocket had melted. Right, so like he was, well, he's messing with these things. Okay, um, a- after further experimentation, he fe- he realized he was gay with Justin. How? Okay, one real quick, <laughs> one quick question. Um, what candy bar was it? I didn't say. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Okay. After further experimentation, he, he stopped looking with two fake eyes, and he began uh, to realize that it that it could cook food more quickly. Then and, and thoroughly then applicated uh, application of heat. Wait, time out, time out on the floor. Um, give me thirty second time out. When you said two fake eyes, was that part of your Megatron joke? No. <laughs> so no. what did you mean by stop looking with two fake eyes? If you had to look with two real eyes. Think about it. Oh, I don't even know what candy he bar needed, was. He so. needed two real eyes to see. <laughs> you idiot. Ah, yeah, He began to realize. All right. All right. Begrudging respect. <laughs> I had a buddy back, like, when I was like, oh, God, like eight years ago, seven years ago, tell me that. And it stuck with me ever since. All right, yeah. Anyways, uh, <laughs> after eight years, I, I love how you circle back on it. Yeah. <laughs> so if I would have done it. Yeah, it wouldn't have been as it wouldn't have had the punch. You know it, what I mean? Uh, yeah. <laughs> After eight years, uh, the company would begin to produce that. its own fr- first commercial microwave oven. Okay, that's pretty, actually pretty quick as far as years, development yeah, goes. Yeah. From from figuring out that these microwave, uh, so producing uh, magnetrons yeah. are the ones that that can heat food to actually having it in a practical, uh, sellable manner. Okay, yeah. so this is commercial use only, right? This is not domestic. But uh, even, the first but domestic still, version I mean, would happen yeah. in '67. So a little bit longer. Yeah, it would take a little bit longer. Uh, however, the high price and the fear of radiation at the time would be at least a few decades, at least a decade, for it to actually become popular. Um, by 2017, 92 percent of ho- American households would have microwaves in them. And there's still a battle over like compelling to work. I don't like to use microwaves as best I have to, but okay. my wife and daughter use all of them. Okay, so I, I don't like for flavor reasons. Okay. Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so all microwaves. So yeah. all microwaves do is excite the the water molecules, the H2O molecules. Mm-hmm. All it does is make them excited. So that's it all it does. Yeah. That's what heats them up is because uh, fr- motion friction. is energy, right? Yep. And and friction also causes heat. Okay, so uh, your all these water molecules are creating energy, i.e. heat. Yeah. Okay, that's what's heating it up. It's nothing to do with radiation. Nothing to do with anything else. It's just the way that the microwaves communicate with uh, with water. And since metal doesn't have any uh, yeah. water in it whatsoever, that's why it will blow up your shit. My, my biggest issue. 
with microwaves is that most of the time you're putting plastic in microwaves. You're not putting like plastic plastic because obviously it'll melt, but most of your like Tupperwares and stuff like that. Yeah, well, it just expands it and stuff you. like that. There's always some water, residual yeah. water in, in I, plastics. Um, so, I mean, for me, microwaves, it's leftovers. If I'm putting anything other than leftovers in there, then I'm probably not happy with my meal. I don't even always put food. leftovers in there too. And again, it's a flavor thing for me. It's not that I'm scared no, 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 of I, it. Yeah, there's, there's certain leftovers that you just they just taste better warmer. Mm-hmm. And if sometimes I'll put it on the stove as opposed to the microwave. Yeah. Um, then I get a little more season. Sometimes I'll drill some water over it before it gets into the microwave yeah. to help get a little bit of fluffiness, like rice and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, or even some... milk or something, depending on what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I bumped the the yeah. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and head out of this and do uh, FTSOB. Yep. Hey, USOB. Hey, to FTSOB. You have Ollie because of how hard he works. He's gonna help you. Yes. yes. I don't think so. I whispered that. Yes. Like I that. Think so. Okay. So household appliances. I try to get a little creative with this one. Uh, one with food that you cook in the household. Okay. Yeah, these mostly are food we don't even eat ourselves. So okay. I mean. I'll eat your food myself. Uh, Gretchen Wieners. Family fortune came from the invention of toaster strudel. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, next. Frank Dorsa and his brother invented a new type of mayonnaise after the depression that used 100% fresh ranch eggs. They <laughs> they would name themselves Ego Mayonnaise. The Dorsas would use that sweet mayo money to make Eggo waffles. Hot Pockets. Hot Pocket. <laughs> were to be originally called Chunk Stuffers. But they were changed to Hot Pockets just before release. However, in Hungary, they are known as Darab Darab, which of course translates to Chunk Stuffers. Hot Pocket. I wish he would stop doing the gibberish. He was, it wasn't just the gibberish, it was like the random faces. Yeah. And then I didn't, so I, I should have. The random faces I can help handle more because he's learning how to muscle control his face. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's the it's the gibberish that gets me. Well, he, so, Craig, and I wish I would have recorded this one. So I took a couple of the, the funny videos of Milo getting his haircut. But I look up and I'm going to say, you look good, bud. And he turns to me and it gives me one of these. Yep. <laughs> Oh man, he's getting that shortcut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You look good though with the haircut. He, he wanted, he did, he did look good. He yeah. he wanted to grow his hair back already. Yeah, yeah. He didn't like having a haircut. Like when you were like it really set in on him, like my hair is gone. Yeah, yeah. So I told him like he was up there and said, "Buddy, what happened to your hair?" And he went like panicked, looking around. He's all, "I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> His big old eyes, too. Uh, God, yeah. his big old eyes, they get me. Yeah, he cracks me. He's a Milo Shark. Milo <sighs> uh, Shark, Shark, Gray Shark. You ready to jump back into this? We're actually splitting up this recording two days because it's been. We have a lot of family stuff planned this weekend. Yeah. And uh, yeah. A, a long week, so it's like two intros of us just talking randomness for you. You're welcome. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. That was for your listening pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to dive back. Uh, well, let's just recap. Right quick, we hit 
what was it we hit? The microwave, yeah. the toaster, and the... Sliced bread. We did... Uh, well, we, t- <laughs> we quickly touched the microwave, and we did the oven, right? The conventional oven. Yeah. Okay, so today we're going to... We've, we've done cooked everything uh, on, on that first half. Now we're going to put the leftovers away. You got to store it. We got to store it. Or... You like chopped up some salsa. You gotta let that bad boy meld together in the fridge for a little. Yeah, you gotta bit. let it sit with some with some with some lemon and, and, and some wanted, salt. So, and I wanted to make some at least some pico for yesterday, but dude, they didn't have anything here. They didn't have tomatillos. They didn't have freaking. They better jalapenos. have. They didn't have. They better have jalapenos today, cause I'm I'm, I'm gonna go get some, and I'm gonna be making those with burgers. I'm gonna be roasting some jalapenos mm-hmm. over my mesquite with mm-hmm. some burgers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's gonna slap. Mm-hmm. Well, and my stomach's gonna be like. But my taste buds are gonna be like, thank you, Mars. <laughs> <laughs> Makes you feel any better? I'm gonna make sure you get extra lettuce because I ain't gonna eat bread. Yeah, man. I mean, if I avoid the bread, I, I should be all right. I mean, the spice gave me a little bit, but if I avoid the bread, I should be all right. I might even get some bacon or whatever. Do some mm-hmm. Sonoran dogs just to some bacon wrapped hot dogs. Yeah. I might yeah. not go full Sonoran with the beans and then and all the other shit in there. Yeah. The, the onion and the. All that good stuff. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like, I wanted to make some pico so bad. I I, I just, I like either some salsa, homemade chopped up salsa, or some, some homemade pico. Mm-hmm. And it, mm-hmm. I was very disappointed. I get it. I didn't have n- much. Not enough. Yeah. Even, like, the tomato selection was. Terrible. Not happening. I have, I have plenty of tomatoes in my house. Yeah. I didn't still, know. Still didn't have tomatillos, though, and, like. Yeah, all the other stuff. The, like, the, the lemons were. They bet they had cilantro. They almost always do. Like I could have been throwing those lemons at people, been doing some damage. Wow. Yeah. You have lemons in my house too. Like when life gives you lemons, you like ch- throw them at a lady's heads. Like twenty twenty was a lemon. Like lemon dropped from the sky. Lemon right in your eye, more like it. And yeah. we and I rhymed, so <laughs> you're welcome. All right, so let's go ahead and get into it. I think we bored people enough with our commentary on. Uh, absolutely nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting hungry just talking about salsa. That's what it was. I know. Because then I, I could have fried some up this morning with some eggs. And, yeah, anyways. Fried up some salsa? Well, you like you, you can put it on the... Give it a little bit of extra. While you're cooking up some eggs. I guess I can see it. All right. Mm-hmm. I usually do... I like to put it on top I of both. my cooked eggs. I do both. I cook the eggs. We talked about how I like my eggs, but... Yeah, I cook the eggs. I throw them down. And then sometimes I put them in the pan... Sear them a little bit and then put it on top, or I just go straight salsa to the top. Either way's fine with me. Yeah, I'm 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 not judging too much. Yeah, I just wasn't. Uh, I never thought of putting salsa in with your eggs while they're cooking. I don't put it. I'm not. I'm not saying it's impossible though. It's yeah, they're vegetables. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I was I was setting up my timeline, seeing where I was at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also talking. Yeah, I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop interrupting you now. All right, okay. <laughs> let's go ahead and uh, start with the Syrian king, uh, Zamiri Lin. Uh, so he orders for an ice house to be built in 1700 BC. Evidence shows that this wasn't like a super wild move, like this wasn't a new thing. But this is for sure the first recording of an ice house being constructed. So, And ice houses were the first, I guess you can call them, refrigerators. They were this the very in, first cold storage. So when this is in Syria, like what is the, I thought the weather in Syria, is it conducive ice, for ice house? No, they, so the ice, you know, super well insulated, right? Yeah. So they would, they would build these things so that way, <clears throat> they construct them in a way that they, it would keep it cold on the inside so it would keep the ice hard. 
That's why they had ice houses. But it wasn't a house made out of ice. You realize that. Right. So what kind of ice house is it? It's, always, it's, like, it's, like it's just ice, a well-insulated ice inside of it. Yeah, and it's, oh, and it's okay. built with, with the ice around it so that way that there's insulated walls, well, as well as they can do at the time, with a bunch of ice in there that stays, that keeps the room at a temperature that keeps the, can keep the ice frozen. My, my my brain immediately went to like a little igloo that they were going to store some food. But then I was like, Syria, like where? No. Where the hell are they going to build? Where, I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure where they've got the ice from anyways. Like they definitely were importing it. Yeah. Like at the 1700s, though? I mean, 1700 BC, that's impressive for them to get ice down there. Yeah. I don't I don't know, bro. Justin, I'm just telling you what the archaeologist told me. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not disagreeing <laughs> with you. I'm saying like I'm just saying I just study shit myself. Yeah, I would disagree with you saying it's a wild, it's not a wild move because. But it, I just said that that's what they told me. It, it, evidence shows that it wasn't a wild move. Like it, it happened. We might have to dive more into ice one of these days. Ice, ice, baby. You're as cold as ice. Willing to sacrifice our love. It wouldn't be long for the Chinese and the Persians to also <laughs> invest in harvesting ice. They would store the ice in insulated cellar or ice house, you know. So again, it didn't see underground, underground cellar, right? Insulated walls, ice uh, in the room, helps keep things cold. Okay, uh, one quick. Uh, I, I, maybe, maybe I take that back a little bit because you have the Himalayas run through, right? The mountain range. Does it hit Syria? Then no one goes uh, through Afghanistan. Like, cause maybe that's how. If we're, I'm trying to think about it. Uh, um, geographically oh my gosh <laughs> hold on I wasn't connected to your internet <laughs> I'm very curious though like the, the, the Syrian thing that's was just throwing me off about it I mean uh, I, it's, I'm super impressed I'm not like denying it but it has to be the mountain range there because I know it runs through Afghanistan the Middle East areas and you think of like super hot but it also has like mountains like Arizona like everyone always thinks Arizona is just, just hot it's not. But there's like two, there's like um, snow up north. Yeah, so Nepal is on the other side of India, like the most northern part of India. Mm-hmm. And Syria, of course, is on the other side of Iraq. So they have Iran, which is not small. Yeah. Afghanistan and Pakistan, as well as India and Iraq between them. So where does the mountain range? So it has to hit it. I mean, you got to think for that. At least it may no, be, no, no. and even if it doesn't. They are 4,268 kilometers apart. The mountain range in Syria? Yeah, from how far apart they are. Like the distance of land between the mountain range and Syria. So damn, so that's impressive. So he's been, he's, he's sending people to go get some ice from somewhere. Yeah, but they could go up north, because they're, they're pretty northern part of, uh, like they're pretty damn close to Europe, and Europe gets lots of ice. Yeah, but I mean still, like it, it, it's impressive for them to actually like go find ice, where you can block it, and then preserve it. Yeah. Because they weren't creating their own ice. I would, no, I not imagine. in 1700 BC. Yeah. Um, Hold on, I gotta figure out because I'm American. I use standard units. I can I can convert with math, but I'm just gonna use Google. I'm not great at converting. I, I that's one of my weak points. Like I'm not bad with geography. It's it's not hard if not you know the equation. I'm not I'm not great with conversions. I, I you just need to know all you need to know is the is the. I just probably the, need to take some time to like actually like use them. And then, you know what I mean? So, which is, so 4,268 kilometers is 2,652 miles, well, point, 
0.012 miles. Yeah. So they 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 far apart, but it Syria is not far from from Europe. So they're for sure not pulling it from the mountains because no, they're the just going north. They're just going north. Yeah, yeah oh, they're okay. just going north. Right. And, and I'm sure they had methods. Yeah. Either I mean, way, they King, obviously had to have methods. King Zimmerlin, color me impressed, brother. Color me impressed. Sound like Charlie. Charlie, color form city. Yeah. No, you don't watch that. Mm-mm. Oh, Milo loves that shit. Mm. Say, hey, say hey we all learn the color form way nice Scarlet likes a bunch of random stuff that I don't like either just not that one yeah it drives me <laughs> absolutely crazy watching it I hate that show totally, yeah. totally don't watch it with him regularly <laughs> no, I haven't actually well, he hasn't watched it in a while but um, he, he we, we got him a new tablet right with a, like a thick case because he freaking broke his last one That and we hadn't gotten him one for like a long time yeah but he's starting to learn like sight words and stuff like that and so we got him one so he can learn. And man, that kid's been learning like Spanish and sea life. And he's been watching people play games. And like, he's been, he's been all about it. He's been about about it. That's what I'll say. So, because I was a little bit, uh, I wasn't sure a bit about the, the tablet. But like, Scarlett uses one to call her family, which is, I think is awesome. She does it all the time. She but calls two, me sometimes even. Two, like, she's teaching herself, she's using it to like teach herself math. She's getting pretty fucking good at math. Hmm. Like, hmm. I mean, obviously. It's, Good as a five-year-old. Yeah, she's five. Can get that's not like a like a. Can she count to a hundred? Yeah, dude, she was counting past. Nice. Can Milo count to a hundred? That's but that's about yeah. all that. Yeah. Well, and I was just. Hey, but, and he knows his alphabet though. Now he yeah. really knows his alphabet. Yeah. Which is above his age group already. Well, she struggled for a while there, getting past the middle, uh, like uh, the teens, because the teens are different. Yeah. Right, and then well, she grabbed even, my teen even measure, still, Milo will she, say you know, say one teen instead of third. Eleven. Uh, Eleven. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But she got, and I've been trying to, like, break it down. Or three teens sometimes, too, yeah. But I've been trying to break it down for as simple as I can. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, okay, Scarlett, what's 100 plus 100? She goes, oh. I said, well, what's 1 plus 1? Mm-hmm. 2. I said, well, 100 plus 100 is 200. So that was asking her yesterday. I said, what's 400 plus 200? Then I said, put up four, put up two. Then she'd count it. She'd go, six. I said, six what? hundred? Because <laughs> yeah. that's why, like... I, I, I did, I've done similar things with Milo, so yeah. I get it. Yeah. Well, we, we understand because we, we've studied... We don't mean, obviously, we don't know how to speak it fluently. But we've studied some of the, the Asian culture and, like, their language and why they're so good at math. It's because it's broken down so yeah. simply. And it should be. Yeah. It's not... It's That's it's, all it is when you get to the teens. It's one, 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 yeah. two, so one, three. So it's... it's so each Nissan she go rok sich hachku ju and yeah. then it'll be so that's that's one through ten. So ju is ten, okay, each is 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 one. Okay, so it'd be ju each. Yeah. Ju ni. And then for twenty, so ni is two, right? So you say ni ju, ju. so that's two ten, right? Yep. So two ten one would be ni ju each. So twenty one. So two ten one twenty one. And that's all it is. You gotta you gotta break it down and simplify it. And she's she's learning that and she's getting it. I mean, that's, like I said, for I, much that's why I kind of wanted to teach uh, Milo and Cade uh, some sort of Japanese or, ja- ja- or how to count Japanese first. And then Alexis didn't want to because she's afraid that'll put them behind because of a language barrier. Well, they they were um, like my mother in law, my wife. Well, my mother in law, she was a little concerned that she was starting to learn math before the other ones. And I said, no, no, no. I said she needs to learn math first. I said, if she gets math down, that's going to be the toughest. That's mo- that's mostly the toughest for people. That's why, like, these coaches are really good at math because they teach them math first. 
and then they can learn the language because they're going to learn the language all around them anyways. Yeah, it's everywhere. Yeah, yeah, but not everyone does math. Yep, and 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 like, like flashcards have gone a long way with Milo. Like even whenever he was early learning, you know what? We we went on a huge tangent on yep. our kids. We love our babies very much. <laughs> We were a very, very big big fan. Yeah, you're um, right. We, I forgot we we're actually doing another episode on something on, on different. T- something totally different. We got to get back to Mom's Meats. Mom's Meats. I caught us. I was like, wait, hold on. What are we doing here? <laughs> what do we do? This is a whole different podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. We lost you. For a while. I'm sorry. Those are babies. We were very passionate about them and, oh, and their yeah. education. So yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, not sorry. Yeah. yeah. We'll sorry about that. taking the tangent. Not sorry about being passionate we'll about my kids' education. We're going to do some educational episodes. Like, I, I, I look forward to there's some some of them. That's one of them that I really really want to dive into and, and get. Yeah, yeah, even just like the development of the university or just like the, yeah. the common school structure. Yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah we'll do a bunch. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's let's go ahead and head back to China and Persia. Yeah. And so they they not long after uh, Syria, China and Persia amongst others would also invest in the harvesting ice. They would store it into uh, cellared and insulated cellars or also aka ice houses used to preserve food and to chill their drinks right usually to to chill drinks like you'll see that a lot um greeks and romans only used it for drinks in the hot seasons so they would make these rooms just so that way they can keep their their drinks cold they have something cool to, to to chug down right egypt's used evaporated cooling for their drinks so essentially slaves would fill clay pots with water from the nile bring them back okay they would wet blankets and stuff like that put them in doorways okay and whenever the breeze hits them it cools the room off yeah then we talked about that when we talked about the ac yes unit. yeah yeah, and yeah. So, that's uh, a smart idea too but ac really so ac and refrigeration go hand in hand and you'll yeah. see i'm gonna i'm gonna touch on ac well that makes sense because you use you use it. it's the same circuit. so people, people call I me mean, people call I'm, ac I'm, refrigeration i'm so. 60 i think it's 608 i'm well i'm waiting on i'm pending i took the test i know i passed it yeah i'm, I'm, I'm gonna be 608 certified here in a few months um, and so what 608 certified is, is like, uh, like vehicle, uh, refrigeration, but you'll see there is some differences, but not many. Oh, I'm they're, sure. They're almost the same Yeah, thing. but you mean you're still using coils, you're still using, uh, evaporated, uh. So there's the evaporator, yeah. the compressor, yeah, the yeah, regulator, yeah. the, yeah. um, the motor, um, yeah. trying to think of all the, all That's the like terms. Said, it makes it's sense. been because, a while since I took Because I, I know a lot of like, it's mostly older people, but like they'll call the AC refrigeration. Yeah, I just know a few old people that used to call it. Yeah, that. it is the same thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, I mean, it is the same thing. So yeah. you're there. The cycle of refrigeration goes <clears throat> in modern day. Well, we'll actually, I'll explain that later. Okay. We'll yeah, get well, it. right we'll now get we're not even there yet. Yeah. So let's we'll explain that later. Mom's meats, wet blankets. Uh, so and that's what they would do, and they would also put it on fans. Like they would dip their fans in it, and they would mm-hmm. they would wave it at at their. You know, that's what you see those big fans on the on the hieroglyphs. Yeah. And they would be dipped in the waters of the Nile, and that would cool. That help cool the fans off more. That makes sense because, like I said, we work out here in Arizona where it's super hot. Mm-hmm. So, getting like we wear gaiters. Like we, I mean, now everyone's kind of wearing gaiters out there because of, of COVID and all that. They work good as a mask. Uh, I mean, it's a, for another day, but um, they work decent for a mask. There's a bunch of them, like the mission ones that we always have out there. Then, like we get like cold ice from our our trucks from the ice chest and then just soak that bad boy in the cold ice so that you're not just dying in the heat yeah. they, they do help out a lot so, so people still kind of do that today which yeah. is cool and they have those like those bandanas with like the cushion in it mm-hmm. and they would soak those too yeah, and you just put expand. them around your neck yeah, yeah. i can't oh, yeah. remember what they're called but 
Uh, yeah, they they help out a lot though when it's like yeah. one ten. So it's the it's essentially <laughs> the same thing. They just didn't have the the ice and yeah in, in Egypt, right? Um, so excuse me, there wouldn't be any major innovations till right about eighteen hundred eighty. So like essentially a couple thousand years have passed. Yeah. Um, we first would have to. First, we have to got. We have to got to. <laughs> we have got to. We have to go to 1755, <laughs> where a Scottish professor, William Cullen, designed a small frag refrigerator machine. <laughs> so, like, Scots, Scots are popping up again because Scots are kicking ass in this episode. And just kind of, you should be Scots expecting that now. Yeah, you should be expecting that by now. Yeah. They're bad motherfuckers, is what they are. Anyways, they they had <laughs> they designed a... The design had a pump and a condenser of diethyl ether. The pump made a vacuum in the container, which lowered the boiling point of the ether, right? So it would lower the boiling point, and it would be able to absorb more heat from the surrounding air. So that's what, that's what that would do, right? Thomas Moore in 1802, a businessman from the U.S., creates an icebox to cool dairy products from transport and calls it a refrigeratory. I guess what? That's what Paro was talking about earlier. Refrigeratory? Refrigeratory. Nice. That's whenever that's whenever uh, when fridge has been assaulted by other one, and he's accusing them of doing it. He's a refrigeratory. I was thinking of like Duvenschmirt from Fairy the Bad Place. Duvenschmirt. He's more refrigerator. So a year later, he would change it to the refrigerator. No, just the refrigerator. <laughs> uh, Oliver Evans invented the first closed-circuit refrigeration machine in 1805. This would be designed as a vapor-compressed refrigeration machine, a, VRC, a VCRS or a Vickers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I'm just thinking of keeping up with appearances, the Vicker. The Vickers, oh yeah. <laughs> the Vickers coming over. <laughs> oh, gosh, that show is so ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Hyacinth. Hyacinth. <laughs> Any brick compounds out there know what we're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we could thank our grand for that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, it would consist of the evaporator, condenser, compressor, and expansion valve, right? And so it'd be pretty damn close to what we have nowadays. There, there is a, there's a little bit more difference in the in the step process, but uh, for most part, it's almost exactly that. Okay, and, so, I mean, that's an 1805, so... Yeah, yeah. Nice. Well, it's pretty, it's pretty simple. I mean, it, they, they would change... It would change. I don't know. I think I have it in here. I hope I do. We'll get into um, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, four years later, Jacob Perkins patented the first refrigerating machine. So that would be the first patent for this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, an actual machine, not an insulated cooling situation meant for transportation, but an honest-to-god Autobot. Nice, for sure, Autobot. This is my Autobot joke. I thought I was doing on the previous part. Mm-hmm. I actually did write and did save it, and it was a different part than I thought it was in. Oh, so this is the realize, realize, realize. Mm-hmm. Oh, the realize was I thought of on the second time around, which I'm I'm glad I did. Because that was a great moment. <laughs> a year later, John Leslie freezes water using uh, an air pump. Not a big note, just a step in the right direction in understanding how cooling actually works. Mm. So they, they realize it's just a... That's cool, or even just the, the motion of, of, of air, of cycling, 
would be able to remove heat. So do people know how cooling and heating work? So there's really no such thing as cold. There's a lack of heat. So uh, cold is just referring to the lack of heat. So what happens is if you put something cold against you, you feel that coldness. It's not that it's, it's just less temperature than you. And so what it's trying to do is even out. And so it's pulling the heat from your body. That's what that, that feeling of cold against you is, is it's pulling heat from your body into itself. So that way they can, you can be, uh, equilibrium. You can just have the same temperature. So what you're saying is when my wife puts her cold ass feet on me, she's just trying to be equal to you. She's trying to, <laughs> she's trying to be your equal, Justin. Just let her, you sexist son of a bitch. <laughs> she gets her way she gets her way all the time so. yeah i know she's very spoiled um so that but that's that's how heating works that that's how heating and cooling works it's a, as far as uh physics yeah okay so 1834 jacob perkins Still at it, gets the first patent for a vapor compressed refrigeration system. I leave you to yell because you put an exclamation mark. Right I know you yelled it for me, so it. you kept you kept going too long. I had a good. Well, I knew I was going to go on a tangent right here. I yeah. I knew already mm. before. Well, yeah. a tangent, you. I don't even know what that means. Me By 1851, another patent would be given to a John uh, Gore for its uh, for his uh, mechanical refrigeration machine, which makes it ice to cool the air, right? So it, may, it makes ice to cool the air. That's all it does. Um, after five years, John Harrison would also gain a patent for an ether liquid vapor compression refrigeration system. He would also make the first viable industrial grade ice making refrigeration room. Nice. Just before the 1869 one Ferdinand Corre, uh, he invented the first gas absorption refrigeration system that uses gases ammonia dissolved in water aka aqua ammonia so that's what he's moving pretty decently for like the the speed of it yeah it, this yeah, yeah this train rolling on a decent pace um so a, a few years of the 1860s uh alexander carnegie carnegie kirk, carnegie kirk mm-hmm. invents the air cycle machine to help chilling on ships i really want so we listen to what we talk about all the time. Another podcast called Time Suck. I've been sending in to him to do an episode on like the titans of industry, like uh, like Andrew Carnegie and um, uh, J.P. Morgan Chase, and like all those people during the Industrial Revolution that like brought a lot of inventions, made a whole ton of money, but also weren't great people. I'd love for him to do like a do an episode on those guys. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. Maybe if we get into banking, just because you're super education. successful doesn't mean you're a good person. Mm-hmm. Maybe if we do an episode on banking, which a uh, banking, um, and then uh, if we do an episode on banking wow. and and, so and like higher education, we're I'm sure. Brandon, that's what this is. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure we'll get into them because they're there. It's it's like newspaper. Uh, I don't know. There's just super fascinating characters in history yeah. that I'm excited to get to in this episode in this show. Yeah. So yeah, I'm sorry, agree. Carnegie. Yeah. I saw Carnegie. That made yeah. me think of it. Yeah, you're a piece of shit. <clears throat> um, 1864, <laughs> Charles Teller. Patented a fridge system that uses dimethyl ether. See, I wanted to do a uh, SOA joke here, but I couldn't really figure it out. Figure it. Out. So, Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, Teller. I've never seen Sons of Anarchy. Oh, never mind. Then probably better that I didn't. Yeah, probably better you didn't. You piece of shit. <laughs> dimethyl ether <laughs> now is a refrigerant designated R-E170. So, and it's still used from time to time. It is often blended with ammonia, carbon dioxide, butane, and propane, to name a few. The chemical formula is C2H4O, just for funsies. <laughs> you almost skipped over 
No, I was. I wanted to say it like that. So that's a a pause just for funsies. Anyways, um, over the next few, uh, over the next five years, Taylor builds a cold storage plant in France. Carl von Linden, Carl von Lind, would gain the next patent in 1876 of a piece of equipment that liquefies air. 1877, Raoul Pictet, Pactet. I don't know. Pictet. Maybe Pictet. Pictet. Yeah, Yeah, probably Pictet. uh, and Luis Paul Caite, um, sure. <laughs> it's it's C A I L L E T E T, and and in Spanish two L's together is a Y sound, is a Y sound. Caite. It's almost like Caite, bro. Yeah, I know that's what I thought too. Caite, Paul Caite. So Luis Paul Caite, shut the fuck up. Caite means be quiet. So if somebody tells you Caite a la verga means shut the fuck up. <laughs> independently of each other developed two more methods to liquefy oxygen so the same year these two dudes totally se- separate from each other don't know each other nothing to do with each other also invent like two different methods also to do what uh carl von vinden did the year prior awesome you know what, wild it, right i again i'm just impressed that the timeline it just keeps chugging along like we do a lot of them where it takes like 50 years for anything to happen yeah and it's like the obvious things to happen. It just as soon as it started, like it started happening, certain change started happening. It started happening. I think because it, uh, like most inventions are people trying to fill a need yeah. and like keeping food cold and keeping people from not overheating and dying from the heat is always going to be a yes. need. So it, that's what keeps it rolling through. But it, yes. it's just it's nice to see. Yep. People actually were working towards. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. So after the turn of the century, in fact, it was nineteen oh four when the American Society of Refrigeration Engineers was founded. So it wouldn't be two thirty years or so, and then and then there would be a whole society for this place for for this uh, thing, right? Yeah. A few years go by when another patent goes to Willis Carrier. We talked about Carrier a lot in that that at Holmes episode. We're just talking about Willis. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just touched on him this one moment because we did. Um, yeah. No, Carrie's a kick ass. And that what episode was that? Was episode three? I believe the meats. Yeah, the meats. Go yeah. check that one. House part we, two. We, we the meats. Episode three. Yep. We touched on a lot of the the air conditioning and uh, and and the electrical mm-hmm. and the plumbing. And so if you haven't roofing, done so already, yeah, go back and listen. To that you episode. want to figure out uh, the how the the house got the materials and the way that it's kind of structured to to this day. That's the episode yeah. to listen yep. to. Find out about Lewis, uh, Willis Carrier. Yep. So this he would a few years. So it'd be like 1906, 1907, and he this would be the first time the modern air conditioning unit. Right. This is the first look at it, anyways. Yeah. The very first look at it. Um. It would it would go through a few changes before it really hits what it is today. But it it get this is pretty damn close. 1915, the first self uh self container refrigerator for home use was built by Alfredo. Uh, Melius starting his company Guardian Refrigerator Frig Frigorado. Sorry, for sure this guy's Italian though, right? A hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> his name's Alfredo. And then Guardian uh, Figurato. Figurato. I should maybe I said it. Guardian Figurato. Alfredo Melius. Mm. Actually, it does sound better whenever I said it like that. Nineteen twenty. <laughs> small fridges. <laughs> Small fridges that are fueled by isobutane as the refrigerant were invented by Edmund Copeland and Harry Edwards. And I don't know if you've ever held an isobutane refill, refillable, like the, the actual refill jar yeah, thing. It's cold. Super, yeah, it's cold to the touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, it's just highly flammable. That's why they don't try to use it not as a refrigerant now, right? Uh, the Kelvinator. Kelvinator? The Kelvinator. Yeah. We're yeah. going to call it the Kelvinator. My little brother. I it's know. Kelvinator. It was very close. I wrote it and I stopped. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> and, well, I, didn't read, I read it and then I wrote it. But the when Mr. I read it, I was like, wow. The Mr. Ralvin Ralvinator. Uh, the Ralvinator. <laughs> um, an early type of refrigerator held 80% of the market uh, for electric fridges in 1923. All right. So it's just the, uh, just the Kelvinator. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was more of the branding than it was the actual yeah. specialty about the thing. Kelvins. Yeah. Uh, the unit of measure. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Sure. It is the, for sure that. Um the General Electric Company releases to the market the first hermetic compressor refrigerator in 1926. Bam. A.K.A. the hermetic sealed compressor refrigerator. Essentially is when the, the compressor and the motor are enclosed and welded in a steel case and the two are connected by a common shaft. Give you the common shaft. He's got the whole <laughs> compressor and motor, uh, a single compact and portable unit that can be handled easily, right? Um, I imagine there's going to be a lot of uh, a, torch a, cutting to open it up to be able to do any fixing to it. Unit that, that could be. I, I don't know why you would make it so that way you can't <laughs> get into it. Like you have to weld it together. Yeah. Uh, because if something breaks inside, it sounds like you have to trash it. Um, yeah, that's a, there's a lot of things like that where yeah. it's yeah it's a pain. It, it is, they're not they're not like that now. Yeah. They're not like this. So yeah, but for a while I don't think they were thinking about like, actually. I lied. This is the most common compressor used today. Just want to throw you off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did. So give one one more tangent because we haven't done enough of that already. Uh, I did listen to an episode recently on uh, this from the CEO of General Electric whenever like they were like having their downturn and like how they went and, like fell from grace because GE was like king for so long. Yeah, it was kind of it was super fascinating though. For yeah. Me. yeah, I bet it is. I bet it is fascinating. Mm-hmm. But that's not mom's meats. Yeah, but in the same year, William <laughs> Hendrick Keesum turns helium solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, he figured out how the temp w- could, couldn't affect helium because of the atmospheric pressures. He eventually was able to solidify one centimeter of helium by applying additional external pressure. Uh, it's not super important. I just thought it was cool. I was going to say, so, so basically William Hendrick Keesum is a smart son of a bitch. Very, very smart son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, you figured out. You're like, oh, it's not going to work on it because, I mean, there has to be some, some outside force. I bet it's the at the regular atmospheric yeah. pressure that's on it. I wonder if I apply more pressure on it. And I wonder how he would do that too. Did you, do you, uh, uh, create a vacuum it where there's only helium in it. And then you use like, cause so like, I don't know if you know how to AC accumulator works. Sure. An AC accumulator or, or a steering, cum, you know, a, sorry, steering tanks. So steering accumulators, right? So what they do is, uh, it are AC accumulators as well. So there's these, these giant cylinder uh, cylinders okay and they have what's called the bladder on the inside right and and these, these giant solid cylinders they have a bladder on the inside they have a port on the bottom and they have a port on the top okay and so what happens is they put uh, nitrogen in it and they fill this bladder up all the way to the gills okay and what happens is and it's in a diesel engine so or well it's a, it's attached to a diesel engine and so what happens is the the hydraulics will fill it up right I mean, well, it doesn't cycle in with the diesel engine. I don't want people to get the wrong idea. It's a part of the steering system. So whenever you you turn your wheels and stuff like that, it'll fill up these bladders uh, with the with the diesel and it'll compress the nitrogen. So it makes it very small, but there's still the same amount of nitrogen in there as there was in the beginning. 
And then so when it bleeds down, the nitrogen will push out. That compressed nitrogen will push out. So I wonder if it was that kind of a situation where he... It had to have been something similar. So he, he yeah. filled it up, yeah, yeah, yeah. like a bladder, mm-hmm. a very dense bladder, and was able to fill up with some sort of liquid or some sort of other out, outside uh, you yeah. know thing. It would have to be a liquid because well, air compresses, liquids it, don't. But then you put a lot of external pressure too. So either, yeah, it's either a vacuum with, with pressure or uh, like a vacuum and then just on the outside just adding heating or cooling. And, to... But that's but that's why they use, uh, diesel engines use a lot of like uh, 30 weight oils and 60 yeah. weight and 10 weight. And, and so it's because of the viscosity and the fact that liquid uh, doesn't condense. It doesn't compress. Yeah. All it does is it, puts out the equal pressure on all sides so you can put more pressure on it but it's not going to change uh anything it'll, it'll just make it it'll just make it more pressure is forcing outwards equally everywhere it goes i like your use of viscosity mm, viscosity i used to have to do viscosity checks all the time on the about the product we use out there so do you want to describe what viscosity is it's just the, the density you're looking for the density of it's 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 yeah. it's a certain yeah so what it yeah. does what it does is like in in gears and, and, and when an engine runs and everything, it puts uh, it's heavier and pressure equal on all sides. And the viscosity is so it's it's thick enough mm. and that it keeps the gears from running rubbing on each other. Also gives That's you how certain, engine oil works. It also gives you a certain weight. Like whatever I was testing it, it was testing it on uh, the the prill we use, which is the, the fertilizer mm-hmm. mixed with diesel. Mm-hmm. Um, and they want it, you want to, you have to achieve a certain amount of weight inside different, different blasting holes. Yeah. So it depends mm-hmm. on the material you're around and what, yeah, but it has to hit that weight because if not, then, then you can't control because we're trying to control explosion the best we can. Yeah. And, and, and it, yeah. speaking of cool, that's, that's kind of like a, yeah. a fuel injector. So when it inject, it injects fuels, it's built. So a fuel injector is one of the most precisely measured and cut pieces of, of anything you'll ever see. It's, it's, and the fuel itself is used not only as a lubricant or as as the fuel getting injected into this into the engine. Okay, yeah. this is happening like it'll do like sixty times in a set, like it fast. It's yeah. very fast. It's super fast. You can't even can't even <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. watch how it how a fuel injector works. It's so damn fast. Yeah. But um, and, and it'll like stop, but you don't realize it stops because it's for like increments. It's very fascinating. Yeah, we'll get but into an episode it, on it. Does, for but sure. it also and- uh. Uh, lubricates that injector while it's doing it so that way it doesn't rub because yeah. these the the metal is perfectly yeah it's perfectly uh on the extra and if like, it's not then the, it's an issue to yeah. the micro yeah like yeah to the micrometer like it's very very close mm-hmm. so um it's, it's super fascinating so viscosity is is such a big deal um when it comes to all of this including refrigeration and and i'll hear in a minute i'll, I'll get into why yeah, um, and we'll jump back into Mons Week. But I want to say, it, it, I, I love this. Like, we work in the mine. Obviously, we've made that pretty uh, yeah. clear to everyone. Uh, you see some stuff out there, it doesn't make no damn sense. But you see some stuff out there, you're like, that's a smart son of a bitch that came up with that. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and I've been, I just yeah. got out of class. William Hendrick Keeson, smart yeah. son of a bitch. Yeah, I, I, I was in <laughs> class for, for three months learning about uh, uh, hydraulics and pneumatics. And so, like, yeah, you learn that air compresses, but liquids don't. They just they just force out pressure equally on all sides, whereas air actually does condense and compress, right? Atmospheric, uh, those atoms do. Because yeah. it's gas, right? And gas go down to liquid state and then liquid to solid. So all it does is when you compress a liquid, it becomes more of a solid than anything. Yeah. Um, well, still means- still pretty liquid. But <laughs> all right. So there, there's uh, also in that same year, which was... Um, 1926 so all that 
the J the GE the the Kesum, all that happened the same year in 1926. Also that same year, uh, there's a less known name than all the other names. I mean, really smaller small time character, uh, Leo Sazard, and also there was Albert Einstein. So they Ooh, they invented Einstein. How do you pronounce that? Einstein. 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 Oh, never heard. Of <laughs> Albert Einstein. <laughs> so he, amongst of his many accomplishments and his <laughs> cousin fucking, the more you know, uh, or, or what is it? A uh, uh, pass it forward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's different, a time suck different reference. Times. Different times. <laughs> <laughs> so invented a refrigerator that had no moving parts, right? It utilized greenhouse effect to create freons, which most fridges do, right? Mm -hmm. They're they're trying to move away from that now, but right now that's what we do, right? There's, Basically, there's, it's create freons. Use freon for sure for a long time, but they are, yeah, they're trying to get yeah. away. But instead of cycling, as most systems do, it just compressed the gas to keep items cold. So it just it would just compress the gas, and then it would it would cause that to be cold, and then it foot would, on the gas pedal to fucking metal. Yeah. It's it's impressive though that because um, I have. The mo all that I've learned about AC units, which I'm not an expert, I'm not. I've just learned. Um, I'm far from an expert. I've just taken a course. Blah blah blah. Um, I've never seen an AC unit that doesn't have any moving parts. Never. Anyways, but I mean, what do I know? I'm some yeah. dumb kid, right? I'm not no <laughs> Albert Einstein. 1928, David Forbes Keith in Toronto patented the icy ball. Nice. Yeah. Is that a game? Yeah, and yesterday I told you that we we're going to be heading over into Toronto, or the first Toronto, part of the city. Yeah. Toronto. Uh, Ontario, Canada. Toronto. I know where our our mother was. Well, she was born near there. Yeah, she was born in Ontario, but not in Toronto. Uh, I mean, yeah, she was born near Toronto, but yeah. not, not yeah. Toronto. Yeah, Toronto popper. Yeah, it's like saying you're born in, like, Globe. It was like, like me saying, saying, born in Phoenix. It was like saying I was born in Sacramento. I was born in Roseville, Roseville. which yeah. is pretty damn close to Sacramento, but not yeah. Sacramento. Yeah. Um, it was an early type of fridge that didn't use electricity for cooling. It burned up a cup of kerosene. So you put a cup of kerosene in it and it would slowly wither it away, right? It This helped thousands of families during the terrible time of the Dust Bowl. So it allowed these families to, to store their food that you're using every single thing of, right? The Dust Bowl started in the 1930s, which is the same part as the Great Depression. Because of the fact the Dust Bowl happened, it actually helped kick off the Great Depression because of the economical impact that the Dust Bowl had, right? It covered the Midwest and the Southern Grand Plains for about a decade. And, That's and wild, dude. yeah, you can't see anything. There's just a bunch of dust for a decade over, for over a, a the span of a couple states, of several states, yeah. it's insane. Yeah. And, and just the economic impact on these poor people, it, it's terrible, but this helped. The icy ball helped people. So yeah. at least a Canadian did one good thing, right? Mm -hmm. We can for sure say. <laughs> and also there's there's Ryan Reynolds, which I'll, I'll always love him. In the 1940s, <laughs> in the 1940s, come home, uh, uh, come home freezers in separate units that were larger and meant to hold ice cubes and frozen foods. Right, so these these are the deep freeze. As I say, yeah, the first deep freezers. Mm -hmm. yeah. 1945, the production of the modern fridge began after World War II, and with it, a bottom cooking refrigerator. This is the the same one you might have in your house. Bottom it's, cooking refrigerator? And I, I don't know why I put cooking. Uh, no, it is, that's what I said. Bottom cooking refrigerator. Is that bottom cooling? I think it meant it's probably meant to do that. <laughs> it's like, why are you cooking? Put a K your... in. Yeah, because look at the K and the L right by each other. Yep. Um, so so the bottom cooling refrigerator. refrigerator. So you have the fridge, <laughs> the which we don't have. You have, the, sorry, right. 
we have you have the fridge on on top and the freezer on bottom like I do. Yeah. But uh, like the one we had growing up and all that, they'd be the or some of them are side by side, right? You have the yeah. freezer over here and the fridge over here. Um, these are the ones where the big fridge door on the bottom and then a little freezer door on top. That's what that fridge is. Oh, like, yeah, like the, the yeah. generic one you see. Yeah. Um, I mean, nowadays, not as often, but like for the longest time. Yeah. So that, that's what this is. The, the most, probably the most common is becoming less. I would say the side-by-side door with the bottom freezer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that you have. Um, yeah, mine's not like that. Yeah. Mine's, mine's a big door. Yeah. yeah mine's but a big weird, door. So the, those are like the generic version though was like this because mm-hmm. you have to pay a little bit more to get one that's different because every house here comes with just the bottom door and then the freezer on top yeah my no mine came with the bottom freezer brand new too yeah that's because of some person that had your house before yeah and they it. just and they just replaced my dishwasher for free nice. sometimes company housing is very nice yeah, yeah it's very nice i pay not much i pay less than a half a grand okay yeah a month yeah i mean it can't beat that yeah and they take it right out of your check and you can see it in your in your statements, like exactly where they're pulling it and how much you would have gotten without it. Everything they do at the other check, they pull your water and electric, and it's not that much too. Like yeah, you we probably pay half it. of what the city pays. Yeah, so I tell them, I said worst case scenario, man. As long as I keep showing up to work, like we're not losing our house and our water and electric. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, not a lot of people can say that. We're very fortunate. Yes. To, to, yeah. Yep. Yep. And, and we have pretty secure jobs, mm-hmm. especially right now. Yeah. Ooh. Sorry. You keep hitting all episode. You hit this damn table and shaked it. <laughs> it's my fault. It's a piece of shit. It's okay. We're replacing it wow. for too long. Wow. We're replacing it for too long. Wow. Right, Justin? Wow. <laughs> we the next, episode, next episode might sound a little crispier. If maybe not the episode, next episode, the one after that. Probably the one after that. Yeah, it's yeah. going to sound a little crispy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm very excited. Oh, yeah. And I even have a, an opener. That's going to be very coincided, lined up for it. Nice. And I'm very excited for it. All right. Um, so beans. fast forward to <laughs> 1955. At this point, 80% of households own a refrigerator, right? 1970, attention to making more energy-efficient refrigerators. And uh, chlorofluorocarbons. I read that four times yesterday. Or not the day before. God, I wanted you to fuck it up. Yeah, I read it a bunch of times. Chlorofluorocarbons. <laughs> In refrigeration uh, sealed systems. So, like, that word I saw, it, I was like, I'm going to have to read this out loud right so, now. So, uh, real, real quick, I know we don't like to diverge from the timeline that often, uh, especially in this episode, but... <laughs> We've been doing like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> my wife uses uh, micellar water for, like, makeover remover, because it's easier, it doesn't harm your face as much, it's better than, and it works better. And I was like, is that just, do they just put water in a bottle and then sell it to you? I was convinced because it looks like water. She's yeah. like, I don't know. And I went back and looked at their ingredients. And it's like aqua water. And then it was like, and then Frank's Firmware. Yeah. Some of them do are not words. I don't care what you tell me. Did you get the, did you get the reference? I said, no, they're, they're, they're the actual like chemical compound in a word. Yeah. That's what it is. Cause they're not, they're not words. They're just chemical compounds. I don't think anybody can pronounce it to be honest. There's people that can pronounce it. Yeah. Unless you're from Sweden. There's people that for sure can pronounce it. No, that's, their, that's their job. Yeah, so that's why. I know. But dude, like if it was your job to be able to, to understand and how these stuff works, were, I guarantee you'd be able to pronounce some it. Some of them were redonkulous. I completely, I completely believe yeah. it. I completely believe it. Yeah. But anyways. Uh, anyways, Meets Moms. <laughs> this was an attempt to replace Freon. So that was the, the chlorofluorocarbons. Yeah, it started in 1970. That's a, and Freon, we've talked about it, is a, 
it's works really well. And so that's why it's they just, still it, the have greenhouse it. just effect is terrible on our the environment. Yeah. Yes. So there, there's still a constant need to, to replace it. It's been phased out mostly. Yeah. Between the 1990s and 2000s, LG launches the world's first connected refrigerator. Samsung later would release models with Wi-Fi and cameras that help keep track of when food is about to become spoiled. By 2005, 99.5% of American households would have a refrigerator in their homes. Awesome. Okay, so real quick, how a refrigerator works. Um, I would need to see a diagram real quick. I, so 99.5 is good. I'd love to see it obviously hit 100 and then worldwide starting to spread. Uh, there are some cool refrigerators out there. Um, I don't necessarily get the need for all the gadgets and gizmos, especially how much people pay for them. It's one of those things that we've talked about. Like if you have the money sitting around and you're like, yeah, screw it. Maybe I get it a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, that's a lot of money just just have sitting around for. I mean, that's what I have sitting. That's what I have sitting around. Mm. I mean, we got a really good. We have a really nice refrigerator. No, I really wife, don't we, have that money. Sitting but like Brandon came into the house with already the nice refrigerator, and then we got super lucky. He had like a little scratch on it. And they were like, yeah. it was like more than 50% I wasn't even off. mad. I was impressed. Yeah. Well, the, the guy's like, he's like, sorry, there's like a little scratch. Or yeah. like some kids running around. And we're thinking like oh, Quick hint. Buy off the floor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like, we can ship you a new one for the full price. So we can have this one. We're like, no, we're good. We got this one. We can take this one. Yeah. This, this <laughs> scratch does not bother me in the slightest. Yeah. You didn't even, honestly, <laughs> you don't even notice. I forget it. It's even there. Yeah. Until we have a five-year-old. It could have been, and, and, and our nephews and cousins, uh, uh, little nephews and nieces running around. Like. Any one of them could have done it. Yeah. So it's not a big issue. Like, we're used to it. Yep. Okay. So <laughs> there is the modern AC has a condenser, an evaporator, a compressor, and so the the, the dryer. But a dryer is just an orifice. So so the dryer, what it does is it pulls the, the liquid out, right? It, it well, helps to, to, to pull some liquid out, but it doesn't really do that. So you're like helping the, too much regulate the humidity. Yeah. So the evaporator does that more than anything. So what happens is you you start. Let's say this was start with the evaporator. The evaporator uh, uh, turns it from a liquid to a, a gas, right? And it pushes the cold air through whatever it needs to be pushing itself through, and that's where you see those 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 bars right do that yeah. in the condenser but we'll get there in a second okay and then it goes to the compressor and it compresses that that air right and it makes it really hot okay it makes it really hot so it's pulling the heat out at the same time right that's where it's pulling the heat out okay and then it goes to uh well it's getting ready to pull the heat out right so it goes to the condenser which then turns it back it compresses even further and goes into a a, a liquid state and it pushes all the warm air out or the hot it's actually really hot air out um, and then it goes down through the dryer to help pull some more of the liquid out and it goes into, cause it, it, there's a certain amount of condensation that happens, yeah. um, with this stuff. So it does that. So that way it pushes through and out to the, uh, to the evaporator and it's just a cycle all the way through. Right. And I may be messing up a few little details, but it's, it's pretty, that's pretty accurate to how it works. Um, if you would have asked me, if we would have done this like two months ago, I would have been able to tell you exactly how it works. Yeah. 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 Uh, it happens that way. Yeah. Ah, uh, but that's a uh, refrigerator. Let's jump on another time. Yeah.
Brandon. Time to jump into FTSOB to figure out if you found out. So we are going to clarify. We, we're on the YouTube video that's coming out next week. And we're going to uh, vote post uh, what was Humiously. half of our argument on um, on this. So when I say Gretchen Wieners as a character, if it's true within the context of her character. Obviously, her family didn't do anything in real life because she's a character from a movie. Yeah. We had a full argument. I'm not going to start. We're, yes, we're not going to go down yes, this road again. But I... I shit sorry i wanted to clarify <laughs> i wanted to clarify that if he says that one and i and i say or that he says that one's true and i say oh no someone did it in real life i'm not gonna do that i'm gonna say it's true for a character so it is considered a fact for this iteration so i know now know it's one of the other two maybe i mean i mean obviously if you know the movie then yes you know it's one of the other two but i don't know how well you know the movie so i figured you know the movie yeah i've seen it like 12 times so, it's a um, great movie. No, it is a really good movie. That's why I figured like you would know the character. It's totally fetch. Yeah, it's totally fetch. Uh, so <laughs> so let me just read them. So that one, I said, Gretchen Wiener's family fortune came from the invention of the toaster strudel. That was, that was fact number one. Fact number two, Hot Pockets were to be originally called Chunk Stuffers, but they were changed to Hot Pockets just before release. However, in Hungary, they are known as Darab Darab, which of course translates to Chunk Stuffers. Uh, Frank Dorsa and his brother invented a new type of mayonnaise after the depression that used 100% fresh ranch eggs. Uh, the the mayo was called Ego mayonnaise, and I, just, I don't know why I say mayonnaise like that. It's just funny to me. Uh, the Dorsas used this sweet mayo money to make Ego waffles. I'm gonna go with number three. I'm picking number three, my lord. The, egg the mayo mayonnaise. Yeah, that is a true fact. Oh, it's the second one, huh? It's the Hungary, the chunk stuff. The Hot yeah. Pockets were called chunk stuffers, but the, the fact about Hungary is total yeah. horseshit. That's what I thought. Maybe that you're doing the Hungary part was the false part. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Total horseshit. Hot Pocket. Hmm. Hmm. Hot Pocket. You do remember that I just slapped these together like while we were recording. Yeah. So this one isn't my favorite. No. Of the FTS obese. No. Your, your superstar, I think, is your strongest one. Mm-hmm. There were some good ones. I want to start. We'll start recording some of those for YouTube, and then like we'll like, I think for every YouTube episode, we'll like read one of the ones we've had from the past, but we won't give the answer till the next YouTube episode, and then just kind of roll through like that. What do you think? It's on you, buddy. Mm, I'll, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is. We'll do it for this episode. Uh, I know we went on a few tangents there, but. Um, just you guys kind of should be used to it by now so i'm not sorry for yeah, it eat my ass <laughs> thank you guys for listening remember to like and subscribe wherever you listen please leave a written review for this mm. to it on apple podcast uh you can always reach us at our contact description which will be in the episode description yeah and said them at the beginning of the episode, the beginning gonna, episode yes yeah. the theme music is lucky 20s no it's not it's feedback loop yeah, feedback loop by isaac yeah, that's your other podcast but also also like isaac change yeah. and isaac thank you very much for your music yeah. Uh, thank you, OGS Outdoors, and and our boy Ayoni, and thank you for uh, and, and the whole OGS family. Yep. Thank you, Brandon, for the research. Thank you, Ollie Dog, for coming in and killing it. Thank you, Logan. We'll talk to you guys and thank real, real you, soon. Thank you, Justin, for the editing. Yep. Bye. Bye.
Hey, Ollie, you watch the office for me. I've got strep throat. It's bad. I want to give it to everybody. All right, call back. Got the number. Brandon. Hey, man, do you want to come over and party or something? You know what? No, because I'm still at work, okay? What are you mad about? What do you think I'm mad about? Come on, man. That was two hours ago. What about the time you ran over my leg with the car? I let that go that day. Yeah, I remember. Oof, the wind's kicking up. Oof. Are you in a hot tub? Answer me this. When you're in spot mode, how come the water level drops in the spot? Well, let me ask you this. Are you pressing the buttons in the back panel or in the kitchen? I just started pressing stuff. Hey, don't press all those buttons. I was getting bored, man. You want to come over and play G.I. Joe's? I would love to. No, come on. You know what? Screw you, man. Justin, man, you got to cross over the anger bridge and come over to the friendship short. Cross over the anger bridge? Yeah, that's where you're at. You're stuck on the anger bridge. Can you not see why I'm stuck on the anger bridge? Look, I don't know why I'm talking to you, okay? What is it? <laughs> they got bottomless nachos at Miner's Diner. A whole mess of nachos. Sounds good right now. Shoot, uh, Gabby dropped me off, so I don't have a car right now. Can you come get me? Yeah, I'll come get you. Which one of those cars you want me to come get you in? I'll bring that one. Oh, I like the Ford better. I'm coming to the Ford. You ready? Yeah. No, wait. I have to stay at work, all right? You hear me? You know you want to come hang out at your house? Come on. Screw you, dude. I'm hanging up. That's it. Bye.